preached the first half uh, last week and um, this week um, about him being that Jesus is the light and we are the candlesticks. You know, in verse 4 it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That in the person of Jesus Christ is life. That he is our life. The Bible even says, um, for in him we live and move and have our being. In Acts 17, that it's because of him we're even able to have our temporal life. Our, our life in this body um, at this time. But in him was much greater than just living life on this earth. In that he grants eternal life. That even though in our body we may die. Yet one day in our flesh as Job said. That he shall see his redeemer stand in the latter day. And behold with his own eyes. Even though they've been consumed. And, and though his body had turned to dust. He said, in his flesh, he shall see his God, shall see his Redeemer stand on the earth. For in him we live. In Jesus Christ, there is hope for this world. That you know, the world is in darkness. As the Bible says, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus said in, in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she responded, yes, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so we see that Jesus. That doesn't work that well like that. The Bible says that Jesus. That his life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. And although we are not in the dark room. Because we have plenty of lights on but you imagine if this room was dark how this candle the light on the candle would brighten the room where if it was dark the windows were closed all the lights were off and one would normally come in and it would be dark pitch black a candle would allow someone to be able to see enough to walk in the room you know, light shine of in darkness. In Scripture, light and darkness are very familiar symbols that are spoken about throughout the Bible. Intellectually, light refers to biblical truth. That which is right. Um, um, right doctrine. Darkness refers to error or falsehood. Morally, light refers to holiness or purity. Well, darkness refers to sin and wickedness. Darkness has special significance in relationship to Satan. 
is the prince of the power of the air promoting spiritual darkness and rebelling against God. Jesus, on the other hand, was the light that shines in the darkness. So that there was the darkness, but Jesus came into a dark world. The Bible says that the darkness comprehended it not. In part, it means that, you know what, they did not have a full understanding yet of it. They could not comprehend it. We see that the Bible says that later on in John 3, that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And so in that sense, you know what, the darkness did not want to comprehend the light. But this word comprehend here also um, has the meaning of the concept of overcome. That this darkness does not comprehend or overcome the light. That, you know, if this room was pitch black and then we lit this candle, the darkness does not consume over the light. The darkness does not comprehend. It cannot contain the light. It cannot contain in the sense of trying to put it out just by the darkness. But that the light shines in the darkness and that you're able to see, um, even in a dark place, when the light is shining. And so just as a single candle can overcome a room filled with darkness, darkness does not prevail against the light. You know, so often people will talk about, you know, it's, it's hard to really have a thriving church because the world is so dark. But the thing is, you know, in a dark world, that is how the light is able to really appear brighter. That when people are in their wickedness, they're in their evil, they, they suffer destruction, they suffer the consequences of their sin, of their addiction, but then they see a church that is still a lighthouse, that still shines the light. They're able to see, there's a place for hope for me there. And so we don't want to give an excuse that, yes, you know, the world is more wicked than it's been before. We must realize that the light shines in the darkness. Christ shines in the dark world. Christ was the true light, the Bible says, which light of every man that cometh into the world. That he is the light that shows light. To all men. That we see this candle is lit. That this candle shows light. You know, imagine being in a dark room or in it now. But the light. You, you, you'd be able to see this candle in the dark. Because of the light over here. That the light shines on all men. Now, no one seeks God without God working in their heart first. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. 
And so men are in darkness. You know what? Men do not just willingly just say, hey, you know what? I'm just wanting to go and come to the light. You know, that man does not seek after righteousness. Uh, man does not, uh, the Bible says, it says that there is none to do of good. That we are all filled with sin. And you know, so, you know, we love him because he first loved us. You know, we weren't just born and then grow up and say, I'm going to go seek after God. No, man in his depravity does not seek God on his own. He enjoys his sin. He has pleasure in unrighteousness. But yet God gives every man enough light. For man to be without excuse on judgment day. God has planted his knowledge in man through general revelation, through creation, um, through our conscience. The result of general revelation, however, does not produce salvation, but either leads to a more complete light understanding of the revelation of Jesus Christ or it produces condemnation in those who reject such light. Go ahead and open your Bible to Romans 1. In Romans chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Because... That which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And so we see that God gives a measure of life to all of humanity. That man is without excuse. You know, if they believe, they follow that light that God reveals to them, then they're able to get to the point where they see the specific revelation of God through the Word of God. You know, the Bible says we're born again of incorruptible seed by the Word of God which endureth forever. That faith cometh by hearing, yea, by hearing the Word of God. Romans chapter 2 talks about how God, even those without law, the Gentiles who didn't have the law of God, had the law written in their hearts that their conscience even knew right from wrong. But man naturally chooses sin over God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Here in John, it said, said that he was the light of men um, in, in, verse, in verse 8, it says, or in verse 9, speaking of Jesus, that was the true light, which light of every man that cometh into the world. And so we see Jesus gives light 
to all. Then no one's going to say, oh, I just did not know. Because God showed them enough. God showed them enough of His general revelation. Now it's our responsibility to point them directly to that light of Jesus Christ. But we see that God had even ordained, as the Bible talks about, um, our habitation, the boundaries of our habitation, that um, where we're at. And, and that in Acts 17, 27, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might fill after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. And so man, if just left on his own, would never seek after God. But because God gives some light. And you know, you look at, you know, say someone is in the jungle, okay, and, and, and it's dark. But they're able to see afar off, they're able to see some light. And he could either choose to ignore that light, or he could choose to follow that light. To follow, where does that light lead to? And so God gives light to stir the minds, to stir the interest, to come to seek after Him. But it was God working in them first. Satan wants to keep people away from the light. Go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. In verse 3, the Bible says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And Paul was saying, If our gospel, the gospel that we know, the gospel that Jesus died for us, that He was buried and that He rose again, you know, my sister-in-law is in Jerusalem today. You know, Christina, you know, at the, uh, at the tomb and, uh, and just kind of exploring, seeing the different things there. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know, if we're not speaking the gospel, you know, it's hidden. You know what? Now Christ gives light. Christ gives enough light to the world. Okay, that they are without excuse. But how much light do you want them to have? Do you want them to just have the general revelation of God? Or do you want to know that they'll be without excuse by you actually proclaiming the gospel to them? By you sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them? You know, the Apostle Paul talked about how, um, how shall they hear? You know, if, if they're not hearing the Word of God, how shall they hear? How shall they know? How shall they call upon Him? How shall they believe on Him if there's not someone to tell them? If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so Satan wants to keep people in the dark. He wants to keep them in the wilderness. He wants to keep them from the light from coming. 
Because once the light comes, the, the darkness can't comprehend the light. It cannot overcome the light. He cannot overcome it. So he tries to keep them blind and keep them away from the light. Lest the glorious gospel of the light of Christ shines unto them. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know, that's where we see in, back in John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And so here we see God sent a man named John in the wilderness, and he came to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe, through the person of Jesus Christ. And so God did not just say, hey, we'll just expect man to believe through general revelation. That's the way they come to me. They're without excuse because God gives that general revelation. He was a Baptist too, praise God. So you're in Baptist church, you're safe, amen? Yeah. Well, actually started yet. So that's not doctrine. I was just being funny. Okay. Um, but um, we see John the Baptist bear witness of the light that he came and told people about who Jesus Christ was, about how he was the lamb that would be slain, um, and that he was technically slain in the eyes of God before the foundation of the world, and that he would be the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. John gave that witness. John proclaimed Jesus Christ. He bore witness of that light that all men through him might believe. That's the gospel that John the Baptist was preaching. That through Jesus Christ they might believe. And as, he said, as the Bible says about John, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. It was to show other people who that light was. That was the true light, which light of every man that cometh into the world. And so we see that even when the people ask them, they ask them, are you Elisha? Are you, um, are you that prophet? Are you the Christ? You know, like John had a big following. And oh, the temptation could have been there. It doesn't look like he gave any thought to it. But there could be that temptation. Oh, look at all these people following me. Look at all these people coming to hear me preach. Man, I'm a celebrity. That's not what John's attitude was. He recognized that he was not that light. He was simply to bear witness of that light. And he even said that there is one that cometh who was before me. And now, to the human mind, that would make no sense. In the sense that, you know, John the Baptist was born about six months before Jesus was born. 
But John recognized that this was deity. Yes, this was when Jesus was made flesh. But John recognized that Jesus was before the foundation of the world. And so he said, there is one that cometh before me because he is preferred before me because he was before me. We see John the Baptist had the attitude of he must increase, but I must decrease. You know, the apostles, when they went about preaching, they said that we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus is whom we declare unto you. It's not about the messenger. It's not about the candlestick. It's about the light that the candlestick bears witness of. And you know, just as God had called and sent John the Baptist come and bear witness of the Messiah, which is interpreted the Christ, God has ordained the church to be the candlestick which proclaims the light of Christ. Go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 in verse 20. It says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. You know, Jesus calls His churches candlesticks. That the church is to be who, what proclaims the gospel. That is, Jesus came and He shares the gospel with us and, and we respond to the gospel and then we become and we are becoming a light. Where we are a candlestick, we are not the light, but we are the candlestick that is to bear witness of the light. And so as Jesus is the true light that lights every man, we are to be the candlesticks that proclaim that light to the world. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, and pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That God has chosen the method of preaching the Word of God for people to respond to, to believe the Gospel. And by preaching, I don't mean just what comes from the pulpit. But not everywhere we're at. You know, here we're together as a church. We are assembling as a church. But we are not necessarily as a whole doing the function of the church just when we come and assemble. It's part of our responsibility. It's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But you know, you look in the Bible and the apostles did not just come into a synagogue or into a church building and just wait for people to come. 
No, you see, they, they went out. They were out in the streets. They, 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 they went out. They went into the temple or, in, or into the synagogues um, and preached Christ there. They, they went to house to house proclaiming Jesus. They went out into the marketplace and they told people about Jesus there. They did not wait for them to come to them. I bet if they just met in their own, their own four walls and they didn't say anything outside of those four walls, they probably would not have got, received the persecution that they got. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, in China, they really don't care if there's churches there. They just want it to stay between the walls. They want it to stay in the church house. And we don't even have that persecution here, and yet we contain ourselves and don't get the gospel outside of these walls. But that's what Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to preach the gospel. And yes, we glory in the gospel every Sunday. You know, when we hear the gospel, it should never become old to us. But the truth is, it's the loss that needs the gospel. To save, we're to live the gospel. We're to be reminded of the greatness, of the mercy of God. But it's the loss that needs the gospel. And yes, get out gospel tracts. Invite people to come here. They're going to hear the gospel here. But we're to be out there giving them the gospel. We're to be that candlestick. God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. He didn't say, just go out there and live good and people will believe. Now, He does say, let our light shine. You know, let them see your good works so they can glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know what? There's different things you could do. You could go and help out at the food bank. You know what? You could go out and help out with the different fun time festival events. But they're all in vain if you never use those opportunities to build relationships so you can give the gospel. You know, it's great. You know, feed the hungry. Help those in poverty. But if that is all we do, if you live a better life temporarily, but eternally they still don't know Christ. And so God has chosen the method of preaching, of proclaiming, of teaching the Word of God to people that they might believe and be saved. Acts 10.42, the Apostle says, And He, speaking of Christ, commanded us to preach unto the people, and you testify that it is He which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To Him give all the prophets witness that through His name whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sins. And so the apostles, they recognize He commanded us to preach the gospel. You know, as Christians, we say, you know what, we should keep the commandments of God. But how often evangelism is the one that we neglect. He commanded us to do it. Yes, we teach our children, don't steal, and you expect them not to steal. You um, teach them to honor your um, parents, to obey, your, to obey their parents. You expect them to do it. The Bible says don't commit adultery. 
You know, we're not to commit adultery in our family. You know, the Bible says not to covet. We teach all those things to our children, our grandchildren. But how are we teaching and modeling evangelism? He's commanded us to preach the gospel. And that doesn't mean, oh, the pastor is supposed to come up every Sunday and preach the gospel. Now, it should be preaching gospel every time he comes up. But it's we. He didn't say the pastor is the candlestick. He says the church is the candlestick. That is a church where you bear witness of who the light is. And we see to him, who is that? Christ, give all the prophets witness. So all the prophets, Old Testament, New Testament, they all preach Jesus even without mentioning the name Jesus. They, the Bible says, to give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. The gospel they preach is the same gospel we are to preach today. And you know, Jesus told the church, the early gathering of his church that he established, of his apostles, he says, Ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. You know, again, you know what? We did not choose God. God chose us. God did not have to send His Son to die for us. Yes, we have the responsibility to believe the gospel. But the only reason we're able to believe is because God first chose us that he chose to die for our sins. That he did it. And, and then he chose us for a task. Okay? He chose us to proclaim the gospel. He chose us to go and bear fruit. He's ordained us to bear fruit. But why is it that so often we're not doing it? He's commanded it. He said how we're supposed to use, our, use His Word to preach the Gospel. He says He's ordained us to do it. But so often we as Christians really are lacking in that department. He's ordained us to do it, but by our free will we choose not to be a witness. We choose not to be the candlestick. Yes, we'll come. We'll come and come to church. We'll assemble and we'll come and hear about the light. But we're not being the candlestick that's proclaiming the gospel around. Jesus is the light, but we are the candlestick to bear the light. He chose us. He's ordained us that we would go forth and bring forth fruit. In Acts 1, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Man, they were interested in this fulfillment. They were interested in Bible prophecy. Nothing wrong with that. It's great to be um, fascinated by, you know, at seeing what God promised and then seeing it come and be fulfilled. But we see Jesus' response. He said unto them, 
It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father have put in His own power. Okay? Now, Jesus did also give us signs. Okay? He did tell us, okay, these are the signs that the end is coming, but not here yet. But He says, as far as the specifics, the timing when the kingdom is going to be restored to Israel, when Israel will be drafted back in and will recognize Jesus is the Messiah and that He will establish His reign in Jerusalem. So that, that day's coming. But it's, God's put that in His power. Okay, God knows when it's going to happen. And we don't. And Jesus is telling them, don't be so focused on that. Don't be so focused on when the kingdom comes. He, sa- he goes on and he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Told him. You know what? This other stuff, this prophecy stuff, it's great stuff. But you're not going to know when it's going to happen. But what you are to be doing now is you're supposed to be with the power of the Holy Spirit. So you know when you go out, when you're being a witness, it's not in your own power. It's not to be done in your own flesh. But through the power of the Spirit of God that the Bible says is our comforter. And we're to be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, um, to the uttermost part of the earth. That we're to be that candlestick. That we're not supposed to be a stationary candlestick. We're to be a candlestick that's moving, that's going and telling others about Jesus. You know, again, the lost, they're not seeking after God. We're to be bringing the gospel to them. That the light to keep getting brighter and brighter. If this again, if this was a dark room, you know what? The light would just keep on. The candles would make the light brighter. You'd be able to even see more clear, more clearly. We are to spread the light. Now I'm not going to be accusing any of you, but just ask yourselves the question. Say, ask myself. You know what? How has my evangelism, how has your evangelism been this week? Jesus commanded it. He said we are the candlesticks. When's the last time you've gone intentionally soul winning? When's the last time you've shared with your neighbors, your friends, that don't know Jesus as their Savior? Some of us, we might be able to say, oh, you know what? I haven't done it at all this year. We're to be a candlestick. Okay? We're not supposed to be a candlestick that has no light. Okay? A candlestick without light is not spreading the gospel. A candlestick without light does not give off light. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. You haven't turned from there. 
You think there's so many different opportunities. It's not just door to door, house to house. But we see that's what the apostles were involved in, house to house and daily in the temple. They went to the market streets. You know, we have events. You know, we have the Napa Vine Fun Time Festival coming up in July. All be gone. But that doesn't mean that someone from the church can't go and set up a booth. You know, we have a canopy tent. We got tracks. And you know what? You could say, hey, Pastor, I have a passion. I have a vision. You know what? I'll do this. You know what? I know you're going to be gone and others are going to be gone. But it's a great opportunity. And you know what? Set up a booth. Have tracks. You know, you could be creative. You could have balloons. Learn to make animals out of balloons. Give them to the children. Um, give free bottles of water. All kinds of different ways to get involved for the purpose of preaching the gospel. Of giving the gospel seed out. You know, one thing I've been contemplating, I've actually been thinking about a lot, haven't done it yet, but thought about it. I was thinking about, you know what, just taking a college course at Centralia College, just so I got my feet into college and just kind of learned more about the school being there and how I could be a witness there. Right now, I'm on the outside. Okay, I have no idea what's going on in there. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Getting the candlestick without light, it's not going to be guiding anybody to Christ. Revelation 2.4 Jesus says to this candlestick, to this church, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Who is Jesus telling the church? You know, you've lost your first love. You've lost that passion you had for Christ in the beginning. That passion you had when you were saved. You lost that. You've lost that first love. And he tells them to repent. He says, if you don't repent, I'll take the candlestick away. That that church, they may be a church in name, but their candlestick will be gone. Let's not let that be our church. Let that not be us. That we lose our influence because we're not being a candlestick that bears the light. Okay, we're, not, we're not a social club. Okay, we don't just come here to pat each other on the back. We have a mission. We have something we've been commanded. And since his fathers say, let's sort you fathers, that you're to be taking the leadership in this role. Then in your home, you're supposed to be the ones telling family, you know what? Let's go evangelize. You know, let's go, let's go get the gospel out. Let's go with this outreach event that the church is having. Hey, there's no organized outreach this week. Hey, you know what? Let's go do something. Lead your families in it. 
You know, oftentimes they're, they're willing to go. But they're just waiting for their men to step up and take leadership. Let us not be one of those churches that Jesus removes the candlestick from. But one that shines, that bears witness of the Christ. As Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and a give of light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now you know what? We're supposed to be so much in love with Christ that as we bear witness of Christ, that it is basically like... It's just spilling in it right now. But that we see here that Jesus... Okay, Jesus earlier said, He is the light of the world. But now Jesus here is saying, ye are the light of the world. And the way we are to be that light of the world is to be so close to Christ that the light of Christ is in us and is coming out of us and getting the gospel out. Now let's go to have a time of invitation, a time of prayer. Um, Pearl, if you could please just come play. A song of invitation. You know, there may be times where we feel guilty from the Word of God. When the Word of God confronts our weakness. But you know, our response ought not to be just be like, Oh, I just feel so guilty. I am just so worthless. And do nothing. Do you understand? Yes, you know what? Yes, I am worthless. But you know what? With Christ, we can make a difference. That with Jesus, that He grants us repentance. That He says, repent. That He will not take our candlestick away if we repent. If we turn to Christ, if we remember where we've fallen, where we've lost our joy, and ask God, restore our joy. Restore the joy of thy salvation. So piano plays. Be spend time in prayer. You know what? Ask, asking God. You know what? God, help me to be a better witness. Help me to keep the commandment Jesus gave to bear witness of delight. See, God sent the man named John to bear witness of Jesus. And then Jesus sent the church to bear witness of Him after He died and rose again. Ye are the light of the world. City set on a hill cannot be hid. We don't light a candle and then put it in a box, in a bushel. Let's not keep the gospel only in this box of a building. But to be aggressive in getting it out. We ask the Lord to reveal some, maybe a plan. You know, oftentimes evangelism doesn't get done in our family's lives because we don't plan it. 
What doesn't get planned doesn't get done, usually. And there may be times where, man, spontaneous, that's great. Follow the movement of God when, you know what, the Spirit of God works on you spontaneously, um, brings your heart, go speak with this person, go do it. Plan as well. Now, there'll be a day when no, no man will say to his neighbor, know the Lord. For in that day, they'll know the Lord. And in those that didn't know the Lord, it'll be too late. We know there'll be one day also where there won't be any candlestick. Revelation 22.5 says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. That's going to be a glorious day. What a wonderful day that there won't even be the sun out. There won't be candles, but there will be light. The light that comes from God. What a wonderful thing that will be. But we're not there yet. Right now, the church is to be the candlestick in our community and around the world. That's why we support missions. You know, we have not cut missionaries out of our budget just because our finances are low. You know what? That, that's our focus is to be the gospel. The gospel get into the other parts in the world. And you notice Jesus used the word both. At first I used to wonder, why did he use the word both when it doesn't mention two places? It mentions like four places. Why does it say both? And then just kind of rereading it, looking at it. What he's telling them is see it be both witnesses in Jerusalem, their community, where they live, and around the world. So in both places. So we're to be reaching people with the gospel here in Napavine, Shahewas, on Alaska, Winlock, and around the world. Be doing both. Maybe set a challenge in your mind. You know what? Maybe that I'll give one hour a week to evangelism intentionally. And we want to be careful that you know we're always being that candlestick, that we're always being that light that shines. But we see that Jesus organized organized outreaches. We see the times where he sent people two by two. We see that with Paul and the apostles, they went house to house. Dear Heavenly Father, pray, Lord, that you would blow on us, Lord, um, blow on us a fire that on our candlestick. Pray, Lord, that you would use us to make an influence, to have an impact in this community. Would this be a church that thrives in the proclamation of your word, not in these, just in these walls, but outside of these walls? Lord, we ask that you would build your church because the souls being saved. Because of people coming to know Jesus. I know there may be times in our life where we may feel discouraged, where people may 
feel about of depression. I know one of the things that really helps cure that is leading someone to Jesus. Lord, if that's us, you know, we're down. Help us to lead someone to you. Know the joy, the thrill. It is to know someone that was hell-bound is then heaven-bound. That they know you. That while they were in darkness, the darkness could not comprehend, could not contain, could not overcome the light. But the light overcomes the darkness. What a thrill it is to see that in action. Lord, I ask you as a church that you help us to be a better candlestick. To be a candlestick that has many wicks with flames. There's many people that are sharing the gospel. Help me as the preacher, as the pastor, to be a better part of that candlestick of your church. To be sharing the gospel more frequently. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.